Hello everyone and welcome to Opportunities, EU Industry Day's podcast, presenting trends and challenges, but also different opportunities that the industrial transformation brings for European companies. In this episode, we delve into the world of social innovation and the sustainable fashion industry, and we invite some entrepreneurs along, winners of the EU's 2020 Social Innovation Competition, to tell their story. We're privileged to be speaking with Cedric van Hook and Rawa Amar, Social Innovation Prize winners with the Resortex project. I'm Cedric uh, van Hook, um, and so at Resortex we um, we have a patented a global patented standard process that um, is a solution that is is needed worldwide and makes it possible to recycle garments at industrial scale, and that in a high quality manner and for lower cost. Thank you very much, and now let's hear from Roa. Yeah, hello, my name is Rawa Mar, and I'm the impact lead at Resortex. I majorly focus on the environmental impact and the social impact measurements for all our activities in Resortex and with our clients. Liz Vossen, expert in social innovation and part of the team behind the European Social Innovation Competition. I work for an organization called uh, Nesta, and specifically in Nesta Challenges, which uses challenge prizes to stimulate social innovation solutions to some of the biggest challenges that we face. Social Innovation Competition Prize winner, Monica Moisson. Why We Craft um, is a real-life, immersive co-design experience with artisans and designers. And Gala Maria Verbanich, winner with The Snake Project. Snake Project is a digital e-commerce platform that is going to use augmented reality to make digital fashion possible. So to be short, uh, you could wear like unlimited number of outfits in real time uh, on the screen of your phone. Europe has every reason to be proud of its social market economy and the social innovators who've managed to reconcile the green and digital transition with social considerations and economic growth. Through the prism of the fashion industry, this episode explores the sustainable behaviours and new business models helping Europe achieve its green growth goals. First things first, what does the title or idea behind this episode mean to you or your sector? Yes, I think that social innovation as a brand is something that can that you can relate to. Nevertheless, I think we are much bolder. And I think that's also why we are one of the European social innovation uh, competition winners. It's because that we believe that it's not only one brand or one favorite brand, but it should be the whole industry that must, but it also will um, be social innovative. What do you think, Liz? Great question. The easiest way I've come up with so far is that social innovation is really just about using new approaches to solve problems uh, and approaches that will lead us to better results for people in the planet. So Monica, what do you think about that? Um, the Industrial Revolution has had positive impacts, but also um, negative impacts on the social well-being and the cultural well-being of communities because many, many, many villages have been almost deserted in many parts of Europe. And uh, the idea of, uh, of cropping your own, like having your own uh, fruit garden or a vegetable garden and making your own clothes has been somehow looked uh, at uh, with uh, prejudice. But uh, social innovation is, is um, reinventing these processes. And um, I think we see this um, in many um, aspects of the textile supply chains um, at the European level. What do you think, Gala? 
Yeah, so, you know, we all, all know uh, how huge problems fashion industry is causing. And this all happened because there was no, like, uh, thinking about social innovation or anything. It was just like the big corporations were thinking only about profit and now we're here and to be honest uh, we all know that uh, the the people who care about the sustainability they're the minority and if we target them it, it's not enough and then we started thinking okay we have to target people that uh, that are causing the problem that don't care about the sustainability and everything. And this is why we've decided to come up with this platform where we are going to combine the technology and we are, to going, we are going to give the looks to the people, unlimited number of looks, and everything is going to be totally zero waste. And for you, what's the importance of social innovation in the journey towards a sustainable European industry in general, but in particular, fashion industry? Social innovation is very important for Resortics. It was at the heart of our project since, since the beginning. Uh, our mission is to bring social innovation and circular economy, coupled, of course, with the impact from margin initiatives to mainstream or, if you will, industrial scale. We want to see it adopted by all fashion brands and not only a handful of eco-conscious brands. Anything to add, Liz? If I think about that personally from a consumer perspective, um, I find the opportunity to shift towards a more sustainable fashion industry hugely exciting. I'm uh, a lover of fashion myself, but um, I also have a deep respect for the planet. And as a consumer, it can sometimes be really difficult to find the products that you want, uh, but that are produced in accordance with your values. And the Reimagine Fashion Competition aims to support more sustainability within the fashion industry, which over time means consumers like me will have more options to reflect their values. And that's happening, but I'd love to see more. Anything to add, Monica? Uh, I think it's important that um, Europe also has the capacity to produce um, in Europe. And um, we have that knowledge uh, and, and we have um, uh, the people, we have the human capital to, uh, to re-imagine uh, this European textile production. So uh, I do believe there is a, a future for, for made in Europe and handcrafted in Europe as well. All right, thinking about that, then perhaps you it might also be um, one of the key features, but how do you think fashion brands can, can be more sustainable and create more shared value ecologically, socially and economically? I would say through anything, and it's a huge, it's a, it's a positive thing that uh, many fashion brands started already doing good things and thinking about it. Mostly it was forced by, you know, the customers who also were uh, also wanted to be sustainable and they want, they started thinking about it and then the big brands started. So you can be sustainable by using, you know, uh, fabrics that are produced in a, a good way. Uh, you can be sustainable uh, or uh, you, you, uh, or you sh you show to care about your employees, so it's a it's it's a, like a whole package. And uh, I believe like many brands, especially fashion brands, are starting 
uh, getting better at this. And, you know, high street brands and fast fashion brands, uh, who are main problems are also like going to that direction, but it, it's a, it's a huge and a long path, but, uh, I think like, uh, things are started changing. Okay, more broadly, how do you think uh, fashion brands can be more sustainable and create more shared value, like, for example, ecologically, socially, and economically? I think that, that we, um, um, that there are some things that we have to, um, to, to, yeah, to first describe this is a little bit seeing what the issue is in, in that fashion industry. And, and what is a fact is that, that we are wasting one truck of textiles or garments per second globally. So that's 34 million tons. But that means that the time that we have been speaking, those are already five minutes times 60 trucks um, of waste. Um, and that less of that less than 1% of all those trucks have, will be or, or are recycled today. Um, that is the problem. Um, and so the first thing that we need to tackle is this, is um, the fact that we are overproducing, that there's already 20% as well of unsold inventory. Um, so that means that, that one fifth of all the garments made uh, are discarded immediately after production. Um, and there are many aspects where brands could work on. So reducing unsold inventory or allowing to reuse unsold inventory in a more effective way than just burning them, which is something that we allow at Resortix by dismantling them and then reusing the materials, or also trying to avoid, of course, um, the overproduction and try to um, keep those materials as much as possible in loop. Do you want to come in there, Monica? Absolutely. Um, so I... I think they can. <laughs> if uh, what European production close to what's what's called uh, reshoring, if you want, from uh, having um, production sites outside of Europe, um, if if we bring them back to Europe and we uh, capacitate the uh, human capital that we have in Europe, um, I think it's uh, it can be added value for for all the um, textile ecosystem. Okay, so you would say that these are some of the emerging solutions. I mean, you've got obviously your high intensity ovens and you said the other methods as well. Are there any other uh, new greener solutions to sort of improve the uh, circularity within the fashion industry? Yeah, so with regard to those, those major issues, there are in essence four solutions, we believe. Um, so we have upcycling, which, which are things that, for example, Progetto Quit, um, who was a previous uh, European Social Innovation Competition winner uh, is doing the same for Studio AMA, which is a Belgian uh, version. Um, a second activity next to upcycling is recycling. Um, recycling are mainly processes, industrial processes like Wern again, Purify, Renew Cell, Amber Cycle. Those are companies that are working on specific recy yeah, recycling on, on specific materials, cotton, polyester, blends of those. Um, the third thing that is mostly overlooked for the moment by most of the brands is traceability and certification. If we really want to make sure that we can reuse materials of old garments in a high quality manner, we need to be able to certify them and therefore we need to be, they need to be traceable. So there are digital solutions for that, like Eon or Circular Fashion. Um, and then the last one is sorting and disassembly, um, which is then fiber sort, Ziptex, but also Resortex, what we do, um, is allowing to sort, disassemble garments um, and, and make sure that those can be recycled in the end. Um, so there are four activities, upcycling, recycling, traceability and sorting, which are major uh, things to focus on. 
Okay, thank you very much. Do you think there's actually a need for more transparency in the fashion industry? And where do you think life cycle assessment uh, comes into this? And do you have an example of that? Yes, absolutely. Um, transparency, uh, it is giving the empowerment to, to the customer and that will allow us to have a more informed decisions as, as a customer to know uh, where are our garments coming from, how they are made. The same as we're looking to how the vaccine is made, how, how the food coming to our plate coming from. So the customer has the right to know uh, how their garments are made. Also for uh, fashion companies, the fashion industry, they also they need to have visibility to their supply chain to allow its optimization. Monica? Um, it's essential. Transparency is essential. And I think it's visible, especially after um, the past nine months, uh, when we've had time to, or we connected more in a way through digital means, uh, and everything has been so transparent. People seeing in the intimacy of your house, um, uh, you expressing your opinions uh, and discussing with, with stakeholders from all over the world, um, consumers are a lot more critical and they're a lot more aware of what's happening across the textile supply chains and they demand transparency. Without transparency, I think um, there is, it's a condition sine qua non, we would say, for a future in this industry. Would you like to come in there, Gala? The, I, I don't, it, it's like, it's a hard question because, uh, you know, Brands and media, everyone is talking about the transparency, but I'm not sure that this, this talk is enough and that this is like an honest talk. I think, you know, um, at the moment, like uh, fashion is still uh, very, uh, you know, located in the traditional fashion capitals. You know, you have Paris, you have New York, you have London, and that's it. And people who don't work there or live or are not into these circles are not, uh, not uh, are they, they don't have the same opportunities as people who live there. So, you know, it, people are speaking about transparency, but I don't think it actually started happening in a right way because people who are, living in and working in that traditional fashion capitals are now trying to be transparent. But I think the solution is to open the whole fashion system that is a bit close to everyone. So everyone will have the same chances there. So, I mean, on the subject of innovation, and, and, and obviously we're talking here about um, opportunities as well, because it's the name of the podcast. So why do you think companies not involved in social innovation should see it as a business opportunity to, to embrace it? You know, with the economic and, and environmental challenges that we're facing across the world today, it's becoming clear that consumers um, are becoming more conscious and careful about, you know, they want to know more about corporate practices. And I, I think this is a positive trend and I think it's one that's going to continue. Um, and as more sustainable social innovations come into the fashion markets, I think consumers will want to see that same commitment from existing companies, how they are contributing back to um, the planet and people. And 
I know that company, I mentioned companies are already aware of this, but there is a question, I think, of how quickly and to what extent they are able to adopt more sustainable approaches to businesses. Um, many social entrepreneurs are pretty agile and they're explicitly values led and they're doing this very well and very swiftly. So, you know, you could look at them as competition, you could look at them as inspiration or potentially even collaborators, but I think there is definitely a, a trend going on that companies are aware of um, and, and, and should continue to be aware of. And, and what kind of um, insights or new opportunities uh, have come to light as a result of the COVID pandemic? Yes, I think that, that COVID for us in, in personally didn't change really our, our, our strategy. Um, what it showed is that we really have to accelerate and that there really is a need for um, what we do. So, uh, for example, COVID really put extreme pressure on the supply chain of fashion brands, showed its vulnerability, but also the, the excessive waste that can be created in there. Um, we have, I think, easily 80, 90% of unsold inventory in 2020. Um, this unsold inventory will probably be uh, managed as it's normally done. So that means massive dumping uh, on the African com continent or uh, incineration or landfill uh, immediately after coming back out of the warehouses. Um, and so that is at the scale that it is today, so insane and so crazy and so um, impossible to manage that uh, brands uh, really understand that they have to change this practice and that they really have to try to put in place systems that allow them to manage that much better. Is that something you thought about, Liz? Well, that's a big question. Um, I mean, you know, when, when I was thinking about this recently, one of the big opportunities specifically in the fashion industry that I think is is becoming more realistic as we continue on in these pandemic times is, um, you know, we're doing a lot of our interactions online now. People are on Zoom meetings all the time and we're, we're conducting so much less of our business in person. And I don't know if, if you had an awareness of this, but certainly before working in this industry, I didn't, but there is a whole space opening up in digital fashion. Um, and that's, you know, having a, your online profile to be wearing different fashion, but it's all digital. And, you know, before the pandemic came along, um, to me, this seemed like sort of distant science fiction. But now I can imagine that I'd, you know, rather um, pick from a digital library of, of clothes, you know, for my own meetings. So I think these types of opportunities, we're just starting to see um, how these might roll out and affect the fashion industry going forward. Just to wrap up, is there a piece of advice that you'd offer perhaps startups and green businesses, which I suppose I could say that you are a green business? Um, I would just say if, if social innovation is something that you're interested in, then, you know, look into activities that are happening in um, your geographic region, or if there's a particular sector that you're interested in, then, uh, you know, do those kinds of searches. There are bound to be groups that are um, promoting social innovation or who are of social innovators themselves. Um, there's a really big, um, I think, tone of collaboration across that sector. So it, you know, kind of coming new to the sector is is very welcomed. Um, but I would say follow your curiosity because um, it's, it's a really interesting world. Would you like to add to that, Roa? 
Yes, uh, we would like to say to everybody, don't wait. There is a solution and the solution is ready to be implemented today because we need it today. And we need to work together in an ecosystem um, to make the most of it. In, if we want to uh, make an impact, we need to make an impact at larger scale because our planet needs it. And uh, we have a message as well for the EU policymakers because in order for this impact to be materialized, we need to accelerate our mission and have this transition in fashion industry by having uh, supported by impactful policies. Anything to add, Monica? I would really want to share um, a very simple message. Um, it is time to reconfigure the way we think of success and the way we think of profit. Um, this industry has been built on uh, a lot of exploitation in many different ways. And it's time to think uh, of the well-being of the people, of, of the consumers and of everyone who is involved across the supply chain. And for that, we need to look at innovation, not only from an industrial perspective, but we need to look at social innovation, at cultural projects that enhance social innovation. Um, it's time to give a human-centric focus to the fashion industry. Anything to add, Gala? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a bit harsh one because we are in fashion, but don't just start a fashion brand. You know, there's no need for like traditional fashion brands. Don't do it because we have enough enough clothing. Think about, you know, how you could how you could incorporate technology in, into your brand. Thank you everyone for your contributions. You've really given listeners a lot to think about today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for the questions. That's it for this episode of Opportunities Podcast. Be sure to check out more in the series and feel free to like, share and share how much you care about each topic. This podcast series is an initiative of the European Commission and is part of the EU Industry Days 2021. Europe's flagship annual event on industry, taking place from the 23rd to the 26th of February 2021. For more information on the EU Industry Days 2021, visit the website euindustrydays.eu. This podcast was produced by VO with the financial support of the European Union. Its contents do not necessarily reflect the views of the EU.